Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, March 31st edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick for Lee, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here for this uh, last day of the week and last day of the month of March. Uh, tomorrow, April Fool's Day, and then we're into uh, a lot in the next month. we got a lot going on. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun as baseball continues to go, softball continues to go next month. Uh, opening day in Major League Baseball was yesterday, too. So, a lot to talk about on the show. I am back. The guys held it down for the last couple of days, but we're back ready to go as we've got basically uh, half a show to talk about baseball locally and softball locally and then uh, baseball nationally as opening day you just mentioned was yesterday. We'll uh, start with a recap of last night's game that was on Talk Radio WRNR and WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, that being uh, Martinsburg at Musselman, and uh, it was a tough game for the Bulldogs. But uh, this Musselman team, legit six straight wins now. Yeah, it was a fun game, and Musselman attacked. I mean that that was their game plan the entire night, swinging at the first pitch, attacking lupus and getting runners on so even though before the game if you heard the pregame interview with uh coach byler of martinsburg he said he felt as if the uh two losses to washington and hedgesville they kind of beat themselves a little bit but last night i feel like that wasn't the case i think musselman truly beat them and last night were the better team overall and they deserved that win yeah i think uh Mossman's obviously a really talented team. Martinsburg has talent, but they're very young. And um, I think got off to a really good start, but now are starting to hit you know, a little bit tougher competition and have had some tough games here the last uh, few outings. But a chance to uh, you know get back in the win column in their next two games against Petersburg and Kaiser tomorrow, and that can put you right on, right on track to where you want to be. But... Uh, you know, Musselman's a talented team, and when Dylan Stevens pitching, um, and, and especially when they're able to hit like they were last night with their timely hitting and, and good hitting uh, throughout the lineup, uh, that makes Musselman almost an unbeatable team, I think, if Stevens is on the mound because of how dominant he can be. Um, so, you know, I think Martinsburg will continue to get better as the season goes on, and they'll be a competitive team in the EPAC. Uh, but last night was a good statement win early in the year for Musselman. Um, but they got to keep their focus and keep their, uh, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess focus is really the only word I was looking for. But, you know, keep their chip on their shoulder, I guess, to an extent. Um, because you don't want to get over hyped over a win right now at this point in the season and then maybe go in uh with too much confidence or or thinking that martinsburg is not a team to to look out for and then you head into sectionals 
and fall in those games because you were overconfident or you were you want to play with confidence but there there's a certain amount that we all know you want to respect your opponent as well so that's going to be important for Mossman I think moving forward because this is kind of a new territory for this group not so much that they uh are a good team they were a good team last year but now they're kind of the favorites or at least to make it to the sectional championship and then them and Hedgesville would square off but based off of what was returning from last year and everything they're kind of in a different situation um where it looks like them and Hedgesville might be the favorites in the uh, section opposed to Muslim or really opposed to Martinsburg kind of dominating this section so we'll see how it plays out throughout the rest of the season but I think it, it's a different type of feel and you want to make sure that you keep that feel and and you don't get too caught up over early season win uh, because like I said I think Martinsburg is going to be playing better baseball toward the end of the year and we'll see uh, really a, a, some competitive series and sectional play yeah, I Spring would tend, Mills is obviously you know right there as well. Yeah, I would tend to agree with what you're saying, and you talk about Spring Mills is they got a win last night over Hampshire, three two. Um, you know they're they're getting close wins. You know they're you know six hits for them as a team last night, uh, but you know three RBIs on the night total. Uh, Gerardin Gerardin, I can't remember how to say his name. Peyton Gerardin Gerardin. He went seven innings last night for them. Gave up five hits, two runs, but he struck out 12 on 105 pitches. So when you can get your guy like that, to, when he wasn't, you know, what we heard about being, you know, pitching, it was the guy that, that was coming in this season to be their main pitcher. Now now you got Gerard and that can do it. Uh, that's going to make you, you happy to see, you know, if you're Coach Barrett. And, uh, you know, for them, that's a momentum getting win for them as they've now won three straight games this week. Yeah, they had two very gritty wins now this week. That one against Hampshire and then one earlier this week against Berkeley Springs in very two different ways. The one against Berkeley Springs, they had to come back, score five runs in the seventh inning to get a 7-5 to five win over the Indians. And then last night they were up 3 nothing for a majority of the game and then Hampshire tried to mount a comeback and Spring Mills had to hold on to get that 3-2 win. So it's just different styles of ways for finding this Cardinals team a way to win, and they've done so both times, so it's been an impressive week for them. But they have they've talked. won more games this week than they won all of last season. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they were 2-21 I mean, last season. I so. was going to bring that up, was that's huge for them. Uh, so it, it's going to be big for them to see what that can do early in the season for them. Right, and you know they're not necessarily impressive victories against these teams that they're but they're playing, getting it done but they're winning games and that's you know the most important thing uh it may not be a great season for spring mills you know at the end of the year once they really start to play a lot of epac games but then again they do have a win over musselman so you can't really count them out uh depending on who's pitching and uh they're a team that's now competitive and i think that's something that they weren't really last year unless Chase Herndon was pitching. They have a little bit more depth this year. They have guys producing at the plate and timely uh, hitting and stuff like that. So, you know, they're a much better team. And I think the fact that they are winning games, it doesn't really matter what the score is. A win is a win, and it doesn't really matter who you beat. I mean, it does to an extent when you're looking at it as how do you compare this team to this team. But when it looks at 
okay, are they going to be competitive this year? And, and that's really where we're at with Spring Mills. They're going to be competitive opposed to, you know, last season when unless Herndon was pitching, it was probably going to be a loss either way. But at least, you know, you knew it would be they would get through the five innings if Chase Herndon was on the mound. Uh, this season, that doesn't seem to necessarily be the case that they have, to, they have to rely on one pitcher. They can at least play a full game and be competitive. And, uh, you know, that's good to see for Spring Mills. And it's definitely made uh, this side of the section between Spring Mills, Martinsburg, Musselman, and Hedgesville very interesting and very competitive and uh, just good baseball being played right now in the EPEC. It is. And, you know, if you count, we'll talk Hedgesville last night. They won 9-4 to four over Mountain Ridge. We'll get into the specifics here momentarily. But if you count Tuesday's game that was 17th, they've now won four straight games and five of their last six so they're heating up at seven and three right now and you know looking in depth into last night's uh nine to four victory over mountain ridge they put up five in the bottom of the first and they got things going almost immediately and um on the mound mason elliott went uh four and a third inning six hits four runs nine strikeouts for him then pence came in gano came in both got an inning uh pence got some inning and in, inning in two thirds uh, but, you know, when those guys can do like like Mason Elliott uh, coming in and, and, you know, didn't pitch all that long into the game. You know, he pitched into the fifth inning, which was good for him uh, on 87 pitches, obviously trying to warm, get him up to where he needs to be. But nine strikeouts on the day for him. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about this in basketball, how each team is going to go after each other in conference games and. You know, I think there's a good chance that each team could be one and one against each other this year. Yeah, I would say that is a possibility with Spring Mills already knocking off Musman once uh, they're in the conversation. I think it will be interesting to see if a team does separate itself. I think that team will be Musselman. I think they'll really start to pick things up. I think they have the most pitching. Um, Hedgesville, though, is, is pretty close. Uh, at least early in the year, this is how it looks. Um, but they might not have as good of pitching as Musselman does. But you know, it's it's definitely close when it comes to the lineups and stuff like that. So um, I think it's going to be a really good year. And then on the other side, you know, we know Jefferson Washington going at it tonight. So both those teams are you know hungry for a victory um, in a big rivalry game. So. A lot to look forward to in the uh, baseball and softball side of things. I think softball starting to heat up a little bit. Spring Mills has thrown their name in the hat. It was a uh, competitive team, and yeah. Before we get into anything, lots to talk about. I, you know, I've been gone. I was gone the last couple of days. Did I miss the fact that I? I don't remember who it is. I kind of vaguely remember hearing something about. It. I was tuning it in and out when I could. Uh, there's a softball player that had 21 strikeouts. Matty stri- Ruffner, yes, struck Matty out Ruffner from did. Washington. Struck out every single player for an out in the game. Yeah, she yes. gave up one hit. But gave up one hit, but yeah, had 21 strikeouts in the seven-inning game. got to be some kind of record. Close to it. I mean, it definitely ties it unless yeah. there was a game that went into extra innings that we don't know about. But, yeah, it was a very impressive game. That is very impressive. I heard something, but I didn't hear all of it, but mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that up as – that's very impressive. And, you know, before we talk a little bit more about softball, you mentioned it. We got two EPAC games tonight in the area as Hedgesville takes on Spring Mills. And then Washington gets to host their first kind of big Friday night game against Jefferson, their cross county rivals. Right. And Jefferson, Washington going out in softball. Hedgesville, Spring Mills already played earlier this week. So I think those are the only games, unless 
there's another softball game that I'm not aware of. But, um, yeah, I mean, some good games. You know, we'll see if Spring Mills can continue their hot streak. Both teams coming in hot in that one. Uh, and like I said, for Jefferson Washington, I think both those teams really need a win uh, and would really benefit from a big E-Pack Friday night victory. So, good games definitely going on tonight. Great games. We got two for you tomorrow on uh, on tap as uh, 11 a.m. game for Martinsburg. They're hosting uh, – who they got first? Petersburg. Petersburg yeah. first. I, could, I was going to flip them. I was going to say they got Kaiser first. But they got Petersburg first, 11 a.m. We'll be on the air at 1040 uh, for the broadcast. And then we'll take a break depending on how long that game goes. I believe the next game is slated for four against Kaiser. Yes. So we'll be back on 340-ish. Give yep. or take. I mean, it's a doubleheader, so we don't know exactly what's going on. But it, those are two games that, uh, you know, they're non-conference. Martinsburg, you know, would be, if you looked at them, just school size-wise, Martinsburg should win. They need to get back on track. They've had a tough week this week. Yes, they have. You, you want them to be able to get comfortable wins against two of these smaller programs and gain some confidence back in your hitting because that's really what's kind of been – struggling this week it wasn't too bad against Hedgesville Washington it was all right too that was a competitive game but when you only get four hits against Musselman and have dropped three straight you need some confidence and some blowouts this Saturday to give you a little bit of a boost into next week I feel like yeah I mean I made that point earlier that they need a win so uh I mean it's really what you expected though on this Martinsburg team I think to an extent they got off to that hot start, but uh, we knew they had a young team kind of limited with their uh, pitching rotation. So when you're running into some of the tougher teams in the back that return a ton of talent from last year in Hedgesville and Musselman, and even though you're able to throw your two uh, top pitchers, you know, those guys don't have their best stuff, which leads to you not having a great result on the field. But I think uh martinsburg will be okay and in, in these next two games are an opportunity to get better and uh you know get back in the win column and get some guys some innings probably and build some confidence at the plate as well yeah but obviously we'll have those games for you tomorrow for martinsburg that's at 11 a.m first pitch 10 40 uh countdown to first pitch and then uh going around the on the around 3 40 ish for that 4 p.m game tomorrow uh, but that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the side of this break, we'll talk opening day for the Nats and the Orioles, two different sides of things, but that's kind of what we're expecting for those two teams this year. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and 10 back in two minutes. In a traffic jam. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Jambo Construction and Fencing Company, LLC, is a veteran-owned and operated company right here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia that specializes in decks, fencing, and hardscaping. Find us on Facebook at Jambo Construction and Fencing to see more of the projects we've completed. For a free estimate, you can call Bo Bartley at 304-268-5452 or Jamie Gall at 304-279-5053. We are licensed and insured in the state of West Virginia, and as Martinsburg alums, we say, Go Bulldogs! You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. And now the set. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive. A big field for Manessis. In from third to score is Victor Robles. And the Nationals draw a little closer. Hits the Braves for the Nationals, too. Manessis hits it right over all these and drops it in a right center field. Right in front of where Harris was playing, but well in front of him. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. That was all it was for the Nats. Bottom of the fifth inning. That was the second of two runs that they scored in their loss 7-2 to the Braves on opening day. What you heard right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 and you know, we thought it wasn't going to be a good season for the Nationals after the way things went last year. But uh, you got to wonder, why is Patrick Corbin the opening day starter? Yeah, I was kind of wondering that, too. I thought it was going to be Josiah, Josiah Gray. Gray. You know, that made a lot of uh, sense to me. But uh, they they went with Corbin. I don't know if it's because he's the veteran or, or what the case may be. But um, obviously it didn't work out too well. So... But I have to say, their offense was somewhat there. They got eight hits in the game. They just gave up seven runs on 12 hits. And they had three errors. And I believe, if I read correctly, because I I wasn't tuning in, I believe they were all by Abrams, the shortstop. That's not good. Yeah, and he's supposed to be one of their top prospect guys coming in. Not really a prospect anymore, kind of graduated. But Corbin only went three innings yesterday, giving up those four runs, two earned. Um and then it wasn't till the end of the game where things kind of got out of hand because it was only 4-2 headed into the top of the ninth inning. And then Finnegan gave up three more or two more runs. Or three more runs, two were earned. Uh, but obviously the Nationals don't start out good. But it's not going to be a great season for them. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking you guys talked about on the show yesterday, the outlook, obviously, they're, they're not going to be a team contending for the NL East. Yeah, it, you look at the opening day, and I don't think you can be happy at all if you're a Nationals fan just looking at some things i mean five total pitchers that you had to use your starter and then four out of the bullpen as you mentioned spencer and war correct cj abrams with three errors for 
the Nationals too, and then only getting two runs out of eight hits, giving up 12 hits to Atlanta and allowing them to really take over in the ninth, tacking on three to win 7-2 in a game that you were keeping it close and actually competing in at first with the Braves, who I think all season long will probably outmatch Washington, unfortunately. You do have a few uh, positives I think you can take. Cabert Ruiz goes two for four at the play with a double. So, you know, your young catcher continues to show. He just got contract extension. Yep, continues to show some promise. Uh, for the most part, the bullpen guys that came in pitched well, uh, yeah. besides Finnegan there in the ninth, and part of that was due to the defense behind him. But, you know, your middle guys all did well out there. You got Thompson comes in, gets three strikeouts in two innings. So it wasn't all bad, even though the final doesn't look that great. It's really just a couple of bad innings uh, out there for Washington. And without those, the second and the ninth, where you had your struggles, uh, you know, you're right. You actually win the game. But, I mean, obviously the game's nine innings, so you can't just say that. But, you know, overall there were some good moments throughout the ball game. So I think we know it's not going to be a good season for the Nationals, probably 65, 70 wins at the max. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, there are rebuilding. Colin and I talked about it. you got to figure out who's going to be a part of this team long-term. I think they have some good young pitching that could uh, develop nicely for them. And, uh, you know, they'll make some progress and see if these veterans that they do have under contract can maybe get you back some guys for the future, uh, potentially down the line. But, you know, it's, it's just not probably going to be that great of a season. But I think there were solid things in yesterday's game. Yeah. If you just look at the final score, you might say, well, that's a bad performance. But the middle innings weren't bad at all from the pitching, at least. And when you had to bring in your relief guys there early, that was a struggle last year. They didn't have a good bullpen. Right. That was They were giving up. It was the starters that were doing pretty well. and then But they would pitch. They would, you know, they'd give up some hits. So they'd, get, they'd have runners on. They'd maybe give up a couple. The offense wasn't doing things last year. But when you'd bring in the relief guys, it would just go – it would take a – downturn your relief your, your your bullpen just wasn't great last year but you know yesterday the mlb changed forever guys i like the uh pitch clock yeah but that game between the nationals and the braves went four minutes longer than the 2022 average for a game the 2022 average for a game was three hours and three minutes they did have a lot of pitching changes so yeah maybe that's why <laughs> but that game went three hours and seven minutes i was just looking at that up i was like I remember they were like, "Oh, this is going to be a new thing where the games are going to go, um, going to go shorter." Well, that went longer than last year's game. Uh, but uh, you know, the Nats are the Nats. They're off today. They'll get back in action tomorrow when they take on the Braves at 4:05 p.m. Then the series will end on Sunday with a 1:35 game slated to pitch tomorrow. Josiah Gray slated to pitch Sunday. Mackenzie Gore making his uh, debut for the Nationals here in 2023. But uh, we'll talk about uh, another game that you guys were interested in yesterday. It was offensive offense galore. 19 total runs scored in the game. The Orioles come out with the 10-9 victory over the Red Sox as they get the early win on the season. And uh, it was a great day for uh, the young catcher, Adley Rutschman, going 5-for-5 five five with four RBIs. Yeah, I think uh, the Orioles need to figure out a way to get Adley Rutschman locked up now so they don't have yeah. to you know, pay him down the line and be kind of competitive with well, some big market teams. 
Right. Yeah, and have to offer him five hundred yeah. million dollars because the guy already looks like I mean, it's a superstar. First swing of the season hits a home run uh, to give the Orioles that early one nothing. Reminded lead. me like. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch it, but you say that, and that this takes me back to like 2013 or 2014, uh, where Bryce Harper had three home runs on opening day against the Marlins, and he his first at bat, first pitch was a homer. Oh, that was so. hilarious! Nick and I are sitting in here watching the game, and it's a 2-0 count, and Nick goes, "Ah, oh, 2-0 count, and hitters count, and you think he hits a home run here?" And I go, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> and then he does. And next thing he does, he hits a home run, 402 <laughs> feet to right field. Right. It was just a great game to see him really break out on opening day. That's what you want to see from future superstars, right? His first I mean, you're, opening you're day lucky. in his that's career. Like, I mean, that's like what we got to, like as mm-hmm. Nats fans, what we got to see with Bryce Harper opening days, you know, getting hitting those home runs and having those great games. And The Orioles had Machado, and, you know, they had their excitement yeah. there for a little bit as well. Um, but Rutschman feels different even compared to Manny. I mean, Manny was a great player. He still is a really good player. Uh, But Rutschman seems like a a face of the franchise type guy that only comes around every so often. I wouldn't say Machado was ever the face of the team or the franchise completely, if that makes sense. Because it always felt like he he was going to leave at some point. And and for Adley, it seems like you could build this team around him long term. So I hope they do get something done. I do too, and to continue talking about this game, I also enjoyed seeing how much Baltimore has already took advantage of the larger bases as well as the rules when it comes to pitchers and how many times they can attempt to pick off runners. You saw in yesterday's game, I'm trying to read this as best as I can, it looks like five total stolen bases in one game. When do you ever remember that? I don't know, but I did read on Twitter. I think maybe it was from what's the guy from ESPN, the MLB guy, Buster. Well, no, the insider. The insider. Uh, young guy. Name. I yeah. can't remember yeah, his name. It's escaping me as well. <laughs> um, we'll figure. But he said something about how uh, all Parson or Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan. Passan. Yeah. Something about I read the stat. It was like the number of stolen bases yesterday overall versus the number of stolen bases yeah, last insane. opening day was like an increase in like 80 percent or something yeah i think three of the five were in like the same inning for baltimore it was crazy just how aggressive the team was because of the rule change they already relied on their speed quite a bit last year you know with having cedric mullins Mm -hmm. jorge mateo uh now they add adam frazier to the mix i mean this is a pretty solid orioles team i think they'll compete and be close to a playoff spot I, i definitely have my doubts with the pitching but uh, the lineup is pretty set. So, uh, you know, I like this team. I like the the potential there, and I like the fact that uh, Brandon Hyde is, you know, going out there and trying to take advantage of some of these rule changes. And if they work to the Orioles' advantage, I'm all for them. I think it's interesting, too, with the pitch clock, just how the uh, viewing experience is kind of different at home because, you know, before – when you didn't have the pitch clock, they would give you like angles of the fans in the stands and like the pitcher taking off his hat and all this other stuff. Now it's like, it's like really quick and it's just like, okay, ball goes back to the pitcher and then you're still looking at the pitcher. And as like the like, producers of the broadcast, they have to be ready. Right, yeah. They can't go and show that crowd shot because they don't know. They know it's going to be within a certain amount of seconds right. rather than like probably 45 seconds. So it's a lot 
better f- to view at home. Baseball yeah. appears to yeah. be even if the game goes longer, it, it's it's less like dragging out or it doesn't feel as long. So I, I noticed that while watching yesterday, and, and while I didn't like hate watching baseball at home, it was more exciting to watch yesterday than maybe in the past. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll have the Nationals, I believe, on Sunday. We will not have them tomorrow due to the Final Four. Uh, but uh, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you by Pyrocini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsinis.com for more. We'll talk Final Four after this uh, two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. The American College of Emergency Physicians recently announced that WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department has once again achieved the Bronze Standard Level 3 Geriatric Emergency Department accreditation. This program recognizes emergency departments that provide excellent care for older adults and have geriatric-appropriate equipment and supplies available. Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department is one of two geriatric-accredited emergency departments in West Virginia. WVU Medicine, leading healthcare here and everywhere. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. Located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go to some beers, Mountaineer Grill and Pub. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as uh, we got a full weekend of sports on the radio as I believe we'll, I guess, be jumping into this in progress on the radio because of our 4 p.m. first pitch game for high school baseball. But 6.09 tomorrow night begins the Final Four. Uh, Florida Atlantic taking on, as a ninth seed, taking on the five seed San Diego State, which to me in the Final Four is just a wild. We talked about it on Monday about after the you know the Elite Eight final, or Sweet 16 Elite Eight, but just these two seeds battling it out for a chance to make it to the national championship is just crazy. I had both these teams losing in the first round. 
Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the fact that they're in the Final Four is uh, definitely not what I expected or anybody really did. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a weird year for college basketball, but I, I still think it's going to be, you know, obviously fun. I think it's a good matchup. Um, FAU has proven to have, you know, pretty good offense throughout the season. San Diego State's known for their defense and kind of grit. Um, and we'll see. I mean, typically the mid-major Cinderella ends in the Final Four. I would say in this scenario, FAU is the bigger Cinderella. San Diego State's been in the tournament over the years. They've had some competitive teams, uh, but they're still you know a Cinderella, and they are a five seed, which is pretty high, and they are a you know smaller conference. Uh, Basketball is a little bit different than football. You don't really have your power five with the Big East and such. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit different. But I think uh, this one could go either way. I would lean towards San Diego State. I think their defense is going to be what kind of separates them. They have some good size as well. So they're a pretty physical team. I think they've been playing really good basketball. But uh, it's definitely an intriguing matchup, and it would be – really insane to see fau in a national championship game so yeah what i just learned i don't know if you guys saw this if fau wins conference usa sweeps the three tournaments yeah in also, college basketball you, because north realize? texas just won the nit and i can't remember what conference usa team it is off the top of my head but they the won CBI? the cbi oh uh, what is isn't it? that crazy <laughs> yeah and i think USA the CBI could team. sweep the C- you mean the college invitational tournament or TIT CBI? I don't know. There's two of them it. though. Unless they got rid of the CIT because Marshall won the CIT. Yeah, they changed it. Good. UAB won. Yeah, no, UAB North Texas. North Texas won, won the NIT. Yeah, I don't know about the other one, but yes. Um, what I will say is, I figured this out. I think on Tuesday night, I saw a tweet that. Uh, what the money that Florida Atlantic? You know how your conference gets money. For when you're in the tournament, yeah, get, okay. The Florida Atlantic will not see any of that money because they're leaving Conference USA. Right. They won't see any of it at all because they will. It won't get distributed back to them like it does. All that's supposed to go back to them, but it's part of their. I guess they put it into the contract or something about the fees they have to pay to leave Conference USA. Uh, so the money they're gaining from this for the conference won't go to their new conference, goes to their old conference. They won't see it at all, which is crazy to me. But San Diego State favored by three in this. Uh, if we're picking the game, who do we pick? I said I like San Diego State. By the way, Charlotte yeah. won the CBI. That's what it was, yep. Charlotte. Yeah, they beat Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, EKU. Yep. So who do you have in this uh, Florida Atlantic-San Diego State game? You know what? Give me Florida Atlantic. The way they've been playing, I think uh, they get it done surprisingly. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it, that as well. It's going to be Give me a mid-major. Give yeah, me, I mean, not? either way, I guess you're getting a mid-major. San Diego State's technically a mid-major. Either way, you're getting a mid-major in the national championship, but give me Florida Atlantic because I know more about them than I do about San Diego State. And uh, you know, By the way, the CIT to get there. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's something else, though. No, they got rid of it completely. The no, there is something. Classic is yeah, the basketball classic. Yeah, the basketball classic. But I guess it's not over or it doesn't exist anymore. Oh. No, they have the 2023 basketball classic. No, no tournament was held in 2023, and the future of the tournament is unknown. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So just the Did three, not know that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, then uh, the nightcap, 8.49 p.m. is the projected start time on CBS. Uh, number five, Miami. Number four, UConn. UConn favored by five and a half in this one. This should be a good one. Five versus the four. Yeah, but UConn has just dominated everybody. And I think they came out of the toughest region. I think they're going to probably win it all. Uh, like I said earlier, I I wanted to see Miami do it, so I'm going to be rooting for Miami in this game. But I think UConn wins. I think they've been uh, the most dominant team in the tournament. I think they're playing the best basketball. I think they came out of the toughest region. So uh, I'm going with the Huskies to win this game and then win the Natty as well. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this game is basically the national championship. Whoever is the winner of this one, I think, should be able to fare against San Diego State or FAU, even though I obviously want to see a competitive national championship game. UConn, just the way they've been playing, kind of reminds me a little bit of Villanova back in, I believe it was the 2018 run, how dominant they were. I think they blew out every team by 15 plus points in their meetings and UConn's kind of been doing the same you look at it they lost in the semifinal to Marquette in the Big East tournament but they beat Iona by 20 plus they beat St. Mary's by 15 they beat Arkansas by 30 plus and then they beat Gonzaga by 30 plus the way this team's playing it, it ultimately can't really fathom right now them losing, so I think you got to pick UConn. Yeah, I would pick UConn as well in this one. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Uh, before we hit the break here, Purdue's Zach Eddy, near unanimous AP Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Uh, you know, unanimous, pretty good for Zach Eddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a regular season award, so yeah. uh, good for him. Clearly though. it's not postseason. Right, because Purdue goes down the first <laughs> yeah. round. But just a, a very strange Final Four. You know, a very you, strange tournament. Yeah, but just, I think like FAU versus San Diego State, like that. that's just such a weird game. I mean, yeah. Miami-UConn, like it's definitely weird to see those two teams because they are four and fives, but it's not like obscene. Is yeah. that the right word? I would, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> like four and fives, you see them. Like that's a but they, like they could make I, the final four. Yeah, but, but just like San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, who? Yeah, in the final. But as four? you said, I, I just looked at my bracket as well. I had both those teams losing in the first round. I, I had think I yeah upsetting San Diego State, yeah. and then I had Memphis beating I FAU. Did too. So I did too. the I other mean, two teams though, I had in the first round. So yeah, good for you. It makes you feel better, right? <laughs> Speaking no. of Miami, uh, seventy sucked this year yeah, all around. It did. 73-year-old coach Jim Laranego expected a return next year. Good. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, I like that as well. It was really fun to see what he was doing down there at Miami. Uh, but uh, we got about 14 minutes left in the show. We'll take our final break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Capitals and Wizards and uh, see what else is going on this weekend. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. Home like a stone 
This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us for the next 10 minutes or so here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Marist Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call them at 304-263-4343. Been off for a couple days and I didn't mess that up. Good job. That's an achievement for a Friday here. Uh, but we do have about 10 minutes left. The Wizards and the Na- or Capitals are have all but ended their seasons. Uh, Colin found this uh, very interesting soundbite of um, Bob Huggins. I think he was, was he on their podcast, The Field of 68? Looks like it, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He's on their podcast. And uh, he was asked about Houston joining the Big 12 next year. And uh, here's what he had to say. It's about a minute and 26 seconds. We'll, we'll play most of it and then jump back in here. Uh, but it's a pretty interesting piece of audio. The Big 12, adding Houston, adding UCF, adding BYU, adding Cincinnati. With these teams in the league, how, how tough is it going to be, nightly basis, to play all of that? You want the honest answer? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Wait, wait. That's why I asked you. We don't want want false. Hugs, when have you not given an honest answer? I feel sorry for them. (laughs) (laughs) They have absolutely no idea what they're getting into. This is, I've been in a lot of leagues. You know that. I've been in a lot of leagues. 
And I've been on a lot of leagues with the best coaches in America and with the best players in America. And I'm telling you right now, the hardest league that I've ever coached in, ever, and the, the best fan bases. You go in and they may have just, they may be three and 17, and they've got 14,000 people Tech. sitting in. I mean, it's unbelievable the fan support, how good the players are, how good the coaching is. It is such a hard, hard league, and you got to go through it twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, they're not ready for that. No. <laughs> not many teams are. WVU still isn't, let's be honest, right? Yeah. Honestly, I, I love WVU, but still, it seems like they have not really gotten over the hump of the Big 12 and finding true success that is a conference championship. But I so. think, I mean, you put it, it's the best, we talked about it all year, it's the best conference in college basketball. It It's hard for more than a couple teams every year to be like that. And then when you get like that, you're just a dynasty and you know, every team's going to get their shot eventually, you'd think. But, I mean, can you – like, I I knew this was happening, but we haven't really talked about it much. Uh, it'll probably be a topic, obviously, for, you know, the summer months when we mm-hmm. don't have typically a lot to talk about. But, you know, <laughs> it's a great point. There's so many teams entering the Big 12. But that's it, just crazy, like, that, you know, he, you've what you mentioned about West Virginia not finding great success. But, I mean, Bob Huggins – brought it up you know you, you look at or you know that texas tech kind of feel where there's fourteen thousand people in there that the fan base is even though they're three and 17 or whatever yeah it's gonna be tough yeah i mean i think wvu has already played in a great basketball conference when they played in the big east back in the day and so i don't know if it's necessarily better than it was in the big east back then uh when you know you had georgetown yukon pitt syracuse uh, all those teams, you know, St. John's, WVU, uh, and, and a lot of legendary coaches at the time were coaching there as well. Um, but I think, uh, and the Big 12 is also losing two of its premier programs yeah. in Oklahoma and Texas. So, uh, I mean, those two teams, maybe not so much in basketball, but still are the teams you think of when you think of the Big 12 in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, basketball, you think of Kansas. Uh, but Texas, Oklahoma, you know, that's the biggest rivalry in the Big 12. And uh, not having those two teams is definitely changing the league. Um, it, I still think it's going to be, you know, one of the best basketball leagues. But I think the SEC is really coming on. They had the most teams in the tournament this year. Uh, the SEC used to just be Kentucky and maybe Florida. And now you're seeing Arkansas, Missouri, um, Bama, you know, Bama, obviously what they were able to do this year, A&M, and then you're going to add Texas, you're going to add Oklahoma, who usually have pretty good teams as well. So I would lean toward the SEC over the Big 12 in the future, but I, I think the Big 12 picked up some really quality programs, Cincinnati and uh, Houston will certainly add to it. So, you know, it's tough, but I think Huggins might be living a little bit too much in the moment because, I mean, you I didn't even mention, you know, Louisville was in the Big East. I mean, you had Rick Pitino, John Thompson III, Jim yeah. Calhoun, uh, yeah. Jim Beheim, Bob Huggins, Jamie Dixon, who's still coaching against him in the, uh, at TCU now, and he was at Pitt back in the day. I mean, these are all, like, Hall of Fame quality coaches all at the same time in one conference. 
now you have you know self and and Huggins and Dixon, but besides that, unless I'm missing somebody big, uh, I'm not even certain who all the coaches are in the Big East or in the Big Twelve currently. Yeah, <laughs> just that's a Colin. That was a good find there, real yeah. fast. Glad I stumbled upon yeah. it. Yeah, topic to talk about there. We'll get into that over the next few months here before football season begins in in the uh, of fall. Of course, you have a uh, Baylor's coach Drew as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk Capitals and Wizards to end the day and the week here for us on the Sports Mix. About five minutes left in the show. Capitals, they fall to a pretty good Tampa Bay Lightning team last night, 5-3, to three, or 5-1, to one, excuse me. They gave up three in the final frame after they were down 2 nothing, and then 2-1 to one headed into the final frame. So they had a chance last night headed into the third period. Couldn't get it done, and that kind of all but spells the end of the season. They're now 34-33-9. and nine. They uh, sit behind the Penguins, and you know this this week has kind of gotten the Capitals closer to where you know there's they have six games remaining, teams have eight games remaining, but you know they had every team had a few games in hand against them. They played more than a lot of the league for a while, and now things are starting to balance out. But they uh, they're back in action Sunday against the Rangers for a 1 p.m. game. We'll actually have that for you. They begin before the. Um, the Nationals, so we'll air that for you, and we'll have Nationals, or Nationals obviously all summer long. Uh, but Capitals or Rangers, this is that's probably really the last ditch effort without yeah, getting a ton you, of help for them to get in, and that's going to be a tough one. Honestly, we we knew the season was basically done at the trade deadline, even though there was yeah. a slimmer, tiny a glimmer yeah, of hope. glimmer of hope. But no, at the trade deadline, you knew this team was for the most part giving up on this season and just trying to help Ovechkin as much as possible, chase the record. And I think for the next few years, that might be the, uh, yeah, that might be the route that Washington is going is more for Ovechkin than team success. Yeah. So they're not making it this year. Six games left. You have to get seven points or seven to tie at least right now if Pittsburgh starts losing out and they also have a game in hand, there's no way. Yeah. Speaking of six games left, the Wizards, too, have six games left. They play tonight, the Magic, 7 p.m., 6.45, the pregame show, the Wizards Radio Network, and Dave Johnson will have the call for you. Uh, They got that big win over the Celtics, 131-11 on Tuesday. Then they've been off since Tuesday. Uh, But uh, for them, it's – coming down to the wire here as they're two games out of the 10th spot yeah i mean we uh talked about it briefly yesterday they have a pretty tough stretch here of games only two better record than here in their final uh seven games to try to move up those final two spots so um not certain if they'll be able to do that i think it, it really just depends on how those teams play as well you know as milwaukee i think is on there at least once uh Atlanta is one of the teams that they'll have to play. Um, so if those teams already have like some playoff spots locked up, they may not go all out against the Wizards, which would certainly help them. But if they are still trying to fight for their seeding, uh, then Washington's probably in trouble. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't really think it matters too much, even if they get into the play-in. If they get in as the 10th seed and have to play the Heat, um, I don't really like their chances that much. So... It is what it is. And Bradley Beal, is is he playing right now? I know he's dealing with the investigation. Well, he was hurt, 
Right, but there was the whole investigation. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. We'll yeah, get some clarity later on this afternoon probably about his status. But then they play Sunday night as well, a 6 p.m. game against the Knicks in New York. We'll have that game for you as well with the 545 pregame. And then they're back in action Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and the next Sunday is their final game. They'll host the Rockets. Uh, but that will do it for us here today. We'll have that doubleheader for Martinsburg baseball tomorrow, beginning with Petersburg, then Kaiser. That's a 10:40 pregame show tomorrow, 11 a.m. first pitch. Then 3:40 we'll be back on the air for a uh, 4 p.m. first pitch from PO Faulkner Park. Uh, but that'll do it for us. Uh, it'll be Wizards and Capitals in Final Four on the radio this weekend as well. So for Colin Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the game and on Monday for another edition of the Sports Mix. Yeah.